to ring out the old 2022 and ring in the new 2023 and welcome to the first episode of talk more talkies solo beatles video cast of 2023 i'm one of your four co-hosts tom hunyadi and today we have a very special show and we're talking lennon again well not again because you know it, it's it sucks because we can't do lennon as much as we would like to do lennon right yeah. because you know unfortunately we didn't have that much time with john lennon but we found a great interesting topic that hopefully you guys are going to uh join us in and let us know what are some of your favorite unreleased john lennon tracks that weren't released while he was alive so that could be anything from you know 69 all the way up to 1980 so again i'm tom hanayati you may know me from my other show two legs a paul mccartney podcast and i am joined by my three colleagues who i'm just so excited that i get to do this with and i love introducing them and first up is the is the queen right she she's got everything she's you want books she's, she's got books songs they were songs you were singing uh michael jackson faq uh, uh beatles and the fandom you want shows she's got shows you know she's talk more talk she's here right now and what a new show called uh, the toppermost of the poppermost i mean she's everywhere right she is kid o'toole Kit, how you doing? I joined great. Hey, you want it? Hey, I got it. You want hey. it? You got it. She's here. Forget about it. You know, she's Forget everywhere. You can, yeah. <laughs> Wherever you are, you are yep. here. You are here. That's Absolutely. right. Exactly. Yeah. Hi, Tom, Joe, Ken. Great to be with you. And tell everybody, Happy New Year. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, from my from my view, uh, he's in the middle. I don't know how he is for everybody else, but um, we're talking about Joe Mayo. Now, here's a guy, right? That you want you want videos? You got videos, all right? You want <laughs> rant videos? You got rant videos. You want movies? You know, videos on movies? You got them. You want uh, you know uh, record store videos? You got that too. Me, Mr. Mayo, Joe Mayo, our buddy, a video extraordinaire. And uh, you want honeymooners? Just ask him. He'll give you. <laughs> <laughs> some honeymooners uh quotes all day long and me, he has done them all day long <laughs> and joe how you doing my friend hi tom doing well thank you it's always good to be here with you three hello uh kit hello ken also okay excellent and last but not least 
this man is, is is everywhere, right? You want a radio show? You got a radio show. It's every little thing, right? Where he plays every little thing. You want podcasts? He's on podcasts. You you got uh, things we said today with <laughs> with Darren DeVivo and 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 Alan Cozen. You want just uh, Beatles talk or solos Beatles talk? You got his radio radio show on his YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio, right? where he's interviewing everyone from us to people that actually work <laughs> with the solo Beatles. And hopefully those are the shows that you watch because those are just so damn good because Ken, he knows the material. He, he knows the people that work with them. And, and it's such an honor to, to be working with Ken right now. And Ken Michaels, it's, it's good to see you. Happy New Year to all three of you. And it's good to, good to be back. Ken, what's up? Thank you, Tom. It's great to be here. Excited to be back on Talk More Talk. Another year of some really good shows coming your way. Yes. And yes. what a fine topic to kick it off with. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you brought this one up because we were talking before we decided what we, you know, what we were going to do today. Uh, you know, we wanted to, you know, get something John in because, you know, like, we, like I said at the beginning here, we don't get to do John that often. And this was a really good one because I don't really venture into this area. And I'm so happy that you, you, you came up with this one, Ken, because the songs that I have discovered, let me tell you, I just, my mind was blown. <laughs> I'm just amazed and, and disappointed in myself for not, uh, no, I did not, Tony. Um, I was just... Um, <laughs> Just this, this, you know, disappointed in myself for not seeking out some of these, uh, these tracks. We're all yeah, some uh, cold grape juice. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, just excited uh, to to be here, uh, Tony. That's that's what I think. Uh, but anyways, before we get to that, we're gonna get to Ken Michaels, and and you know, again, another exciting part for me is the news because we learn so much about what's gonna be released and untimely deaths and and all of this stuff. <laughs> let's let's. Uh, oh. Uh, well, well yeah, thank you in, in a twisted way that you presented yeah. that but, uh, <laughs> right right normally at the beginning of the year uh we are light on news and so far this year is no exception but one thing that was nice to see two weeks ago is that both john lennon and paul mccartney made an appearance on billboard's hot 100 in the top 40 with their Christmas classics. Paul's Wonderful mm -hmm. Christmas Time peaked at number 32 after it hit number 28 a couple of years ago. And John and Yoko's Happy Christmas War is Over entered the top 40 for the very first time where it just peaked at number 38. It's John's first top 40 hit since Nobody Told Me in 1984. Mm. Wow. It was also the first time that John and Paul were in the top 40 simultaneously in the same week since nobody told me. And hmm. can you figure out the other song? 1980 or 81? Or I, I wasn't paying attention. 84. <laughs> oh, no more lonely so, nights? What's that? No more lonely nights? Nope. How about Say, Say, Say? So bad. So bad. There you so go. So bad. Okay. They were All both right. in the top 40 at the same time. Now, the hmm. Beatles group and solo albums have also fared well on the Billboard Top 200 album charts with Abbey Road at 91, McCartney 2 at 103, Give Me Some Truth at 116, and Revolver at 159. And of course, I'm sure you figured out McCartney 2 is on the charts because Wonderful Christmas Time is included. Hmm. Give Me Some Truth is in there because Happy Christmas is included. Now, 
Now, Ken, I would imagine they're they're in the top forty. Um, Wonderful Christmas time and and and, uh, and John's and Yoko's Christmas song because of streaming, right? I mean, I can imagine Maybe. this has anything to do with you know, you know, album sales or single sales. You know, in recent years, and we talked about this on things we said today. Um, so many Christmas songs re-entered the charts at the end of the year because of streaming. It's a new thing. And actually for several decades now, starting the beginning of November to the end of the year, there are some radio stations that just go all Christmas. Right. And for that reason, people are hearing Brenda Lee and they're hearing Andy Williams and they're hearing, you know, all these classic songs and they're back on the charts every mm -hmm. single year. And I'm really happy that all these veterans are on the charts because right. they haven't been on there for a long time. But I'm also sad because they're the only times they'll ever be on the charts and the only times you'll ever hear them on the radio just because they made Christmas songs. But it's still, I'm happy to see anybody like that for our lives you know, mm -hmm. on the charts. It's nice to see something like that. Nat King Cole, like I said, actually made the top 10 with the Christmas song. Right. You know, great song like that. And um, but what you'll probably end up seeing every single year towards the end of the year, you'll see Happy Christmas and Wonderful Christmas Time re-entering the charts. I'm happy to see that. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'd like to see other songs from them and the other Beatles on the charts. But still, it's nice to see because of streaming. That's the result of that. Right. Now, it may not be an impressive number to some people, but despite having only 3000 copies made, the Paul mm -hmm. McCartney singles box set selling for over $600, made Billboard's top 200 album charts. Mm -hmm. They'd be at 126 and then sinking to 200. Only two weeks on the charts, but hey, it's an expensive box set. Yep. And it's, you know, yep. the fact that it's anywhere there is impressive. Right. Well, that's that's also thanks to streaming as well. I mean, all of, the, all of those songs were available to stream also. So he should have he should have like 80 singles in the top. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I also think yeah. the fact that it's a collector's item, there's only three right. copies made, everybody right. rushed out that wanted it, so right. it made, you know, a little bit of a splash there. Mm -hmm. Well, in my, in my mind, I only really reckon, uh, you know, physical sales anyway. I've always been like that. I mean, it's nice. All this stuff's nice. The Christmas songs by everybody for today's uh, climate, the way it is, you know, and how they run things with the charts. But to me, I've always, I always feel better the good old way when he had to go plunk down the money the and go buy them physical <laughs> into this go into the store maybe they pay your streaming too i don't know but i'm saying go into the store and pick up. those are the ones that count to me i understand what you're saying but there has to be yeah. a way that they compute everything and yeah. because streaming is yeah. so popular they have to figure that into the equation somehow yep and um and in any case the physical sales count much more than the streaming but when you've got thousands of streams compared to you know, a much less in physical sales. You got to add them all together. Right. But, um, you know, it's nice to see that kind of representation from the Beatles group and solo. Um, in an article from Yahoo from December 29th titled The 15 Best Posthumous Albums Ever Released, it was nice to see that George Harrison's Brainwashed made the list. Mm. Oh, nice. Number nine. Oh, number, oh, nine. number nine. Oh. <laughs> Our friends, the Weaklings, are planning on putting out a series of singles this year, which will eventually result in releasing an album. The first single coming out will be their cover of the Beatles song, I've Just Seen a Face, which comes out next week, January 17th. Oh. 
a little shout out to Joe Scarborough, the host of MSNBC's Morning Joe, who just interviewed the legendary Neil Sedaka. And to talk about Neil's song that he wrote in response to John Lennon's struggles to have a green card when he wrote his song, The Immigrant. Good overview of Neil's career in that interview. You know, I, I said on my other podcast, if I ever interviewed Neil, that's the first question I'd go to. Talking <laughs> right. Great song. It was the follow-up to Laughter in the Rain, which was the number one hit, and The Immigrant <clears throat> Forty and it also went top ten adult contemporary wise. If you listen to hit radio in the seventies, I'm sure you're familiar with that song. Oh yeah, was he signed on Elton John's label at that time? Rocket. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he uh, Elton was responsible for his big comeback in a way. It all coincided with Neil's records, the songs he wrote for the Captain and Neil all at the same mm -hmm. time, and they also had that duet, Bad Blood, which was a, a number one hit too. That's my favorite of his. Yeah. They sounded good together. There are two major passings to bring up. Of course, we mourn the passing of broadcasting legend Barbara Walters, a trailblazer who paved the way for women in broadcasting, co-hosting daily newscasts like 2020, The Today Show, the ABC Evening News, creating and producing the daily all-women talk show, The View, for which originally she was a co-host, and perhaps will best be known for having many TV specials with probing one-on-one -on -one interviews, often asking very tough questions. Barbara was the first person to interview any of the Beatles after John Lennon died when she interviewed Ringo. And it should also be noted that she interviewed John's killer as well. Mm -hmm. Paul's wife, Nancy Cheval, and Barbara happened to be cousins. Yeah. And she attended Paul and Nancy's wedding Paul paid tribute to Barbara with this message on Twitter. Nancy and I are so saddened by the news of her dear cousin, Barbara Walters, passing. The two of them enjoyed a deep, loving relationship over <clears> many <throat> years, and I was proud to share some of those special moments. Barbara was an amazing woman who more than held her own in the early days of male-dominated television and went on to become a worldwide celebrity known for her many perceptive interviews with stars from every walk of life. We will miss her, but always remember her with great fondness. Hmm. Barbara Walters was 93. Oh. Now, a pretty important name in Beatle history, Ted King Size Taylor has also passed away. Ted was part of the Liverpool group King Size Taylor and the Dominoes. And as lead singer, he was known for being one of the best singers to come out of Liverpool. They started performing at the Cavern Club in January 1961, and Cilla Black was featured as a singer with the group until the following year. In the summer of 1962, the band played at the Star Club in Hamburg, and Taylor recorded the Beatles there on reel-to-reel -reel tapes in December of 1962, which is where we got live at the Star Club. We wouldn't have it without him. King Size Taylor and the Dominoes were on several record labels in Germany, doing all cover versions of rock songs. They later toured in the UK, backing up rock legends, Chuck Berry and Carl Perkins. Mm. Ted Taylor was 83. Mm. There's so little that we have from that time period of the Beatles live. Gotta thank uh, this man for it. Of course, the Beatles mm -hmm. took him to court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were too happy. Appeared right. there, and right. he was talking about the, the lousy sound quality of the recordings. I could understand their concern about it. They'd only want yeah, for sure. Right. 
And thanks to Scott O'Rourke, who hosts the Beatles radio show with the Beatles on Long Island's WUSB. That's the University of Stony Brook. He told us a while ago that the Traveling Wilbury song, End of the Line, was to be featured in Tom Hanks' new film, A Man Called Otto. You may have seen a trailer for the film where they use that song. Well, Scott tells us that in the film, they also feature the fireman song, yep. The Sun is Shining. Huh. Now, there is a soundtrack album for the film, but neither song is on it. The music was written by Thomas Newman, and the film is currently in movie theaters. And Scott also tells us that, that the Beatles recording of Glass Onion was used in the end credits in the sequel for Knives Out, which happens to be called, called Glass Onion, Onion. <laughs> Knives Out Mystery, currently running on Netflix. And the song, along with another White Album classic, Blackbird, both Beatle recordings can be found on the new soundtrack. Oh, cool. All right. Mm -hmm. It's really rare when you get the Beatles recording used. Other people covering Beatles songs, yes. But uh, remember when Mad Men used... Uh, yes, Tomorrow Never Knows. Yeah, That was a big deal when that yeah. happened. So now, glad to see two Beatles recordings in, uh, in this film. They paid something for that. Well, I mean, the first the, the first movie made made some good bucks. So, um, you know, I'm not surprised that they, uh, you know, you know, uh, spared no expense to uh, to get those songs in the in the sequels. So. Hmm. OK, not surprised at all. Um, was that it, Ken? That's all I got. Okay. There's one thing that we should mention on Paul's website on his monthly, I think it's called Sticking Out of My Back Pocket. He talks about that he is uh, recording or he has been recording uh, some new music uh, with uh, producer Andrew Watt, who uh, has been really hot lately. He actually won the 2021 uh, Grammy for Producer of the Year. Uh, he's worked with Ozzy Osbourne, Pearl Jam, Miley Cyrus, Elton John, Lana Del Rey, just to, just to name a few. So it looks like he might be doing that, uh, working with the IT producer. <laughs> he's, uh, known for it. But he says he's just recording right now and doesn't say anything about releasing a new album. But let's let's hope that, uh, what, two years since uh, McCartney 2, let's uh, you know, hope he keeps staying productive and, and releasing new music. So. Yeah. Gosh, it's been two years already since McCartney yeah. too. My gosh. He actually mentioned uh, that producer about a couple mm -hmm. years ago that he was just yes. dabbling with him. At dabbling, the time. right. So maybe mm -hmm. he's doing more with him now. Right. Yeah. That's that's one of the things he said was looking forward to doing more work with him. So yeah. and that he was an interesting fellow. So, um, so let's, let's uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, these unreleased uh, Lennon tracks um, from 70 to, to, to 80, um, you know, a lot of people think just because he, uh, you know, ran, ran and hid up in the Dakota for, for four years or five years, whatever you want to say, that he was just, you know, baking bread and, and raising uh, Sean. Well, that's not necessarily true, Ken, is it? Uh, it's, he's, he was really, I mean, doing, working on a lot of different material, wasn't he? Different, a lot of different projects. Yeah, well, all throughout the 70s here and there, there yeah. are extra songs that he was writing. And, um, you know, one thing, John didn't do himself any favors by saying, I didn't take my guitar off the wall for the oh, last Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, I know, was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
he had no yeah. idea of uh, you know the tragedy that was about to unfold and that yeah. would be allowing us to hear all these recordings on the Lost Lennon tapes, which was the greatest gift you know that Yoko's done. Although I might, I think the Plastic on Old Band box set and Imagine are right up there oh, with the Lost right. Lennon radio mm -hmm. series. Oh, but you have an idea that those last five years in particular, there were a whole bunch of songs that John was was working on. Um, and uh, many of them were quite good. And on top of all that, uh, once you study all this other stuff that John had written, say, from 1970 on, mm -hmm. uh, you will learn that very often he'll take snatches of certain songs and put them in later songs and develop them even right. further it's not like every single song he tried to make it sound like with double fantasy that all these songs came to him in a rush that you know mm. it was effortless and and some of the songs he wrote completely but right. many of them he didn't and mm. uh you certainly discover that when you study this other body of work from john and um like I said, very grateful that Yoko shared this with us. I wish the whole thing would come out, all right. these songs. Uh, you know, we got some of it on the John Lennon anthology box set, some mm -hmm. signature box set that came out in 2010. But those of us who listened to the Lost Lennon Tapes radio series and the, the radio station that I did my Beatles show, my live Beatles show on in New Jersey, WDHA, aired the Lost Lennon Tapes Sunday mornings at 6 and that preceded my three-hour Beatles show. So it was four hours of Beatles. Wow. <laughs> wow. In a way, that really helped, I'm sure, uh, boost my mm. ratings a little bit. <laughs> right. Six in the morning. And then, because a lot of people may not have wanted to get up at seven. But, um, and I did a lot of specials around the Lost Lennon Tapes radio series. Mm. You know, mm. all that it takes of every song from Imagine in the same order. Right. You know, same thing with Mind Games. You know, I would do um, stuff like that. But uh, the Lost Lennon Tapes was such a, a treasure, not just because of these unreleased Lennon songs, but you got different mixes of right. songs and you got demos of the songs that he released and also interviews that maybe you never heard before. Every mm -hmm. single week, you were bound to hear something that you never heard before. So, you know, it's as a someone who loves radio for that reason, it's the great teaser. You know, right. there's always something to look forward to every single week. I mm -hmm. love to death and so um yeah so we'll talk about the the unreleased yeah. songs in particular and uh a lot of good stuff there uh, absolutely absolutely yep i noticed tony d says it's a shame he was too insecure to record again until 1980 i don't think it was a matter of insecurity i'm not saying he wasn't insecure at times he was but i think it was just he really didn't care to be out there yet in that period of time coming right out you know into the public eye yet you know mm. he wanted to gotcha. take a break yeah you Give know yourself and... a break <laughs> you know, and... talk... oh, okay go ahead i'm sorry, I'm sorry. With Yoko, you know he wanted to you know build on the relationship again repair mm -hmm. you know the relationship after being away um so between that and raising sean he had that to do they did yeah. a lot of traveling as well you know, I always hate it whenever I, when someone says John lost his muse during the, the last five years. What a bunch of nonsense. All you got to do is listen to these songs that he was writing at the time. And he wrote when he felt like writing. Mm -hmm. They also, John and Yoko were talking about 
this idea of doing a musical called The Ballad right. of Yoko. On right. So a few of the songs that we'll talk about are supposed to be, have been planned for that. Hmm. So, um, yeah, but nothing wrong with wanting to take a break. You know? Yeah, nothing wrong at all. And then, you know, being a Beatle, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was probably deservedly so. I mean, he, he gave us so much those, uh, what, you know, 13, 14 years, you know, yeah. why wouldn't you want to take a break? But but Joe, tell us about your experience with uh, the Lost Lennon tapes and when you discovered it and, you, you know, how much you learned while listening to it. Well, it was a wonderful thing because I'm in mean, 1988. Uh, I remember tuning in Westwood One religiously and listening to the latest broadcast with Elliot Mintz, you know, uh, hosting it. And it's funny because I would tape every one of them. I think I still got the tapes, audio, uh, you know, the cassettes that I made. And then I, I actually would go into my music area in the other room after the next day or something. I try to like cut out the songs and make my just put the song on, on like a tape album so to speak but then later on it, it came to the point where i was able to get these recordings they came out at first you know unofficially you know but then the fan circle managed to get a hold of them and they put them out on records so i got some of them but it was always a treat to hear you know what songs uh he was he, he might have been dabbling with which is what i say mm -hmm. or you know mm -hmm. experimenting with using sometimes like, this is called a beatbox a lot of times he had this he would, uh -huh. he'd set that up or on the piano or a guitar and uh, it was always a treat but i also liked hearing early versions of songs that came to be released like happy christmas when mm -hmm. the first time i heard that, that's when that blew me away first demoing or rough versions of happy christmas i really like that and uh yeah this went on for some time and it was mm. always a highlight i remember thinking at the time well you know it, it, it's a shame that you know john was gone but you still managed to have this anyway which is some kind of solace you know it's not it would be better to have new brand new albums <clears throat> by john but at least this was some material that we hadn't heard right that's yeah, that's a good point where and, and you know, Ken, you mentioned about the, one of the greatest gifts that Yoko has ever given us is is, is that show. Right. And, um, you know, for me, I, I just I remember hearing it from from time to time, but, you know, I never experienced it, you know, at real time. So, you know, just I'm really excited about hearing this from you guys. And, you know, and, and now I'm going to try to you know seek this stuff out. Uh, Kit, I mean, was was that on your radar uh, yeah. at the time? For yeah, you? it was. Uh, yeah, I did hear. I didn't hear the entire series um, mm -hmm. in in real time, but I heard a lot of it. Um, and I do remember, um, you know, as as Joe was saying, you know, getting my recorder ready and, and recording it <laughs> off the radio. And it was, you know, and I was still kind of learning about mm -hmm. John at this time. I mean, I was you know, getting into the Beatles, but I was kind of getting into the solo careers too. I mean, learning about John as a solo artist. And right. so it was, you know, just fascinating um, to hear. And I wasn't really into, you know, bootlegs yet. So hearing the demos that they played, not only for John's songs, but for some of the Beatles songs. I mean, this was new stuff to me. 
Mm. Um, and mm. so when they would play some of that, I mean, oh my God, you know, I couldn't believe it. You know, I mean, this was, this was all new to me. Um, and, and so it was, it was just so exciting. And so it was, you know, just, just hear, you know, really hearing, uh, you know, an artist at work, I mean, from hearing like the rough draft to the final cut. And right. I mean, that was just so exciting um, for and, me and you to bring really up good learn about it. Right. Oh, you bring up a great point, too, because, you know, when I hear when I was starting to hear these songs, it's like the the evolution of these songs, you know, whether it's a song that morphed into another song or it just became a completely different song or yeah. you, you brought a couple together so much more exciting than than Paul's, you know, demos or whatnot, because, you know, his stuff is usually always pretty realized by the time he gets in into the studio so so hearing you know john's evolution of these songs has been another exciting you know you know point for me too so but go ahead if you've got it if you got no more. no and and the other thing i liked about the series i mean we're not going to be you know talking uh, about it tonight really but i i did like how they also you know played songs that were influential to him i mean kind of the what became later the you know john's jukebox series but they played a little bit of that in the in mm. the john lennon tapes where they you know, occasionally play a song by you know chuck berry or, or whoever that would in you know that influenced him uh really enjoyed that too and and again i was you know in the period where i was still kind of learning about this stuff uh and so that was really you know exciting to me as well and and really influenced me to mm. then go back and you know it's like well let's learn more about these artists and and mm. so uh so yeah really uh just a really landmark show i mm. i think in in many ways okay I think that might have been the first time that i heard some of the uh, the Esher demos i think like oh, i yeah. didn't know mm. what i didn't know what they were at the time but when i first heard child of nature mm -hmm. uh, i was blown away but i never knew that existed i didn't know what that was and then, you know then uh revolution you know the faster version uh demo version of revolution i hadn't heard those hmm. actually i was just thinking that um when you study all this unreleased lennon stuff it does remind you a lot of the way that paul works because mm -hmm. we've talked about this on two legs how many yeah. songs that paul releases are really older songs from several years yes. back and going yeah you know you'd be surprised that you know like frank sinatra's party that we bring mm -hmm. up all the time <laughs> And that's the piano tape is that 1976, and that was just the the backing tracks of that backing song. track. So yep. Some of Paul's early works are not fully realized. Hmm. You know, the 74 piano demo has got Mulliken. Yeah. Top. Not yeah, but you, you, like you, that, you but, but what I'm, what I was trying to point, I was trying to make is what he's given us on his box sets and stuff like that. We, we really box. don't get, you know, that evolution factor like we get on the Lennon box sets, right? right. You know, so but it's all right um we, we we've got you know i guess we're gonna travel probably do five each but obviously there's gonna be more um you know maybe we can do a stretch of part two out of this because i'm as i'm discovering there's just so much uh, music that maybe we can we can do that another one in the future but uh but kit let's start with you um and let's let's uh, talk about five um tracks that uh you know you found worthy and uh to talk about okay now I, I will say um a couple of these are well they probably date from 
uh, some of the, the Watts London tracks, but they do, they did end up being released uh, later. Okay. So, so that they're, they're a little, you know, maybe not exactly lost, but, um, but I, um, I've always loved um, Borrow Time. And I think the demo is just as good, uh, almost, well, maybe not quite equal, but almost equal to the final version. And I've always thought the, well, I, I say final version in quotes, because you can tell <laughs> when it was finally released uh, on Milk and Honey, you know, there were still some lyrics, I think, that he was trying to work out, because you mm. can hear him a couple of things, da, 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 da. you know, you could tell he was still, I think, maybe going to fill in some some more words but uh but when you hear um you know the the demo um it, it's um in uh, 1980 and and uh, i think in bermuda that, that he recorded it um it's it's just um you know it was obviously influenced by bob marley i believe it was a specific song called uh, hallelujah time uh, yeah and it's it just really gives you a sense like so many of john songs where he, you know he really bears his soul um and of course you know after he passed it you know takes on another meaning but but if you push that aside um you know you can just sense how he you know has found this kind of contentment you know where he thinks good to be older um and and is you know, finding, you know, and when I was younger, living confusion uh, and deep despair. But now, you know, that he's older, he has a different perspective. Um, I, I've always loved this song. And I think if he had just, if he'd obviously had a little more time to just refine the lyrics a little bit, I think this could have been one of his classics. I I just mm -hmm. adore it. So that's, that's one. Um, another one, is I'm losing you, but the cheap trick version. Mm. Um, I have loved this version. I've always felt, I know people say, well, but it would have been out of place with uh, the, you know, the sound of the rest of the album. I still think this should have been on Double Fantasy. I love, love, love this version. I think his voice was just, uh, you know, just that great rock voice that, that John had. And I, I like the feel of uh, cheap, you know, of, of Rick Nielsen's guitar on this. Okay. And they're also from, well, Rockford, not exactly Chicago, but Rockford. So, you know, <laughs> I'm flying, enough. I'm flying the flag here. Um, <laughs> so, but, but seriously, you know, it, it remained unreleased, of course, for many years. Well, uh, it, it was unofficially released uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> for some years, but it finally was released on, I think it was the, was it the, uh, the, the anthology, the one in anthology where it was released first, or was it, I think so. That's it. Um, it was, is that in the signature box, but I get them. Yeah. Signature box I'm mixed up with. Yeah, I know. It was, <laughs> it, I, exactly. I, it, it's and John Lennon acoustic also, but I think. Yes. Yep. And, and it was just, uh, I, I thought, you know, thank God it finally saw the light of day because it, uh, you know, I just thought that was, would have been an even bigger highlight on, uh, on, on the double fantasy. Uh, another one now real love, but a very specific version. Um, the one that was on the 1988 Imagine soundtrack. 
mm. uh, from 79, uh, and I think it was take six. That has always been my absolute go-to version of real love. Um, I just have always loved just him and the guitar, mm-hmm. you know, him playing. I, I just, from the moment I heard this version, when I first got that album back in 88, I just fell in love with it. Um, you know, mm. I love his performance on it. Um, I, I just, um, you know, and the lyrics are a little different than the final version that, you know, they did the virtual reunion. And, you know, I hate to say it, I'm going to offend a lot of people I know, but I've always, I've never liked that 1995 version. I just, I like it stripped down. I just think his voice on this, it, it, it just was so um, moving to me. And I just, you know, that, that 95 version, I just thought was kind of overdone and kind of, I, I just feel his, just him and the guitar really, uh, it, it, it just, the, the lyrics just mean so much more to me. You know, it's such well, a, I, it, I, I, I think I prefer that one myself. I okay. mean, I, I only, I only like the real love 95 one better than Free as a Bird personally. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I think what, what happened with, with real love 95, they were, they were trying to, to, to do the Beatles, you know, yeah, it wasn't just John, you know, yeah, that's it, probably why. Maybe that's it, because I I just think you know that I like the delicate kind of uh, feel of this one, and and I just thought that other version, I don't know, uh, it it just kind of overshadows the lyrics. Um, number four, I I picked India, India. Um, mm. I love it. it's such a beautiful, mm. beautiful yeah. song. Um, you know, I, the lyrics are are just gorgeous it has kind of a caribbean feel to it even though it's you know <laughs> india india and it's a you know written about his time there but but of course the lyrics are also about you know missing yoko while you know while he was there <laughs> and and you know but it's just so what beautiful else? so romantic so poetic oh if only he could have recorded this i mean it's, it's just <laughs> gorgeous it's gorgeous. And, uh, and my last pick is uh, Now and Then. Um, yeah. That's a beautiful, it's very haunting. Uh, you know, such a haunt is him and the piano. Very haunting, obviously written about, you know, troubled times with, with he and Yoko and, you know, apologizing. Um, and I have to say that um, in a way, I, I can see why maybe i mean i guess george when they were recording the reunion singles i guess supposedly it was because george didn't like it in a way i can also see why maybe that at least he didn't want to record it it's a very personal song mm-hmm. you know and i wonder if that was another reason that he kind of shied away from it because it is so deeply personal that for all of them to record this i don't know I don't know yeah. if that would have worked. I'm, reason, I'm glad you brought it up. Well, go ahead, Ken. The reason we were given was because there was a, a big hum. And oh, that wow. was another problem. And they, yes. couldn't, they couldn't remove that. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm. supposedly the other story was that George didn't like it and, and so they abandoned it. But uh, but I don't know. But Tom, you were gonna you were gonna say something. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I mean, one of the questions I had for you for you guys is I mean, do you think Paul should finish it, record it and, and finish it? 
No. I don't think so. I know he's 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 he, he wants to. I mean, he he's expressed interest in you know. Ken, what do you think? Thing is that you know Paul has always been about you know all four of us together mm -hmm. have to vote on this and we all have to approve it. And George didn't want it to be done. So if, mm. if the main reason was because of the hum, they've removed that now. You can yes. right. yep. in yeah, fact, you, you know, in light of everything that we that we've marveled in today's technology with what Peter Jackson did with Get Back, imagine right. what he could do with Free as a Bird mm -hmm. and, and Real Love and probably separate the voice from the piano and maybe you can improve the sound quality on the voice there and could do the same thing uh, with so many of these demos. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you hear so much about you know, Paul upset with the other three siding with Alan Klein as a manager and Paul didn't approve that. He didn't want to go with that. You know, if, if Yoko says it's okay, and obviously she gave mm -hmm. him these recordings, so she'd approve, right. you know, as long as the other three felt that it was okay, then I'd be all for it. But George did say no at that time. Right. Mm. So he'd be kind of hypocritical if he did that. But yeah. then, you know, if the main reason is because of that hum and you can remove it. And now I don't know how much there, there is that exists of them working on the song. Oh, right. right. Yeah, it's never surfaced. I've never understood. They were supposed to have been given Grow Old With Me as well. Grow yeah. Old With Me is a great song, yeah. you know, which should be a classic to this day. John always said he wanted it to be used as a wedding song, and it was mm -hmm. one of my wedding songs. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, he got his wish. I don't, know why the Beatles, <laughs> I don't know why the Beatles didn't, you know, work on that. Yeah, because yep. as I said, this this is so sounds so personal that I, mm -hmm. I can kind yeah. of say, I know uh, I think it was Astro Astro Jer, hello there, um, mentioned that George said, and I did read this yeah. or that he said it was a crap that George yeah. said it was a crap demo, which I right, completely right. disagree with. I agree with you, Jer, Astro mm. Jer. Um, yeah, I don't think that's the problem. I, it's a great demo. It's a beautiful song. I just as I said, it's just very personal. Yeah. And, and there's the factor of, like you said, Ken, about mm. like, you know, well, you know, would that be right by George, you know, to put, you know, to do it if George hadn't liked it or proved it. But then the question also is, is George on it? Like, is there, because I would assume they'd want to put it out as a four Beatles, so right. finish it as a Beatles mm. song again. And unless George had already recorded something on it, and it sounds to me like he, he might not have. Right. You know, what his attitude for it. Then right. do you put it out with just uh, John and then uh, Ringo and Paul? You know, I wonder. I don't, I don't think I would do that. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if, if Paul does do something with it. If he, you know, does his own cover of it or if he tries to include, you know, himself singing with, with, with John, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like. Uh, you know, it's going to be, I mean, you know, on his Got Back tour, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he does anything with it. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Kit, anything else? There's, that was your five? Those are my five. Yep. Okay. Excellent. Great, great picks. Um, yeah, India, India. You know, I was listening to that earlier today. <laughs> it's like, it's gorgeous. So, so good. So good. All right, Joe, me, Mr. Rant. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't appreciate that here, Thomas. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. And I'm not trying not to rant about a lot of things here. You're right? not. No. Uh, I'll rant about your you sound quality. Oh, no, yeah. you're not a mean fellow there. What's going well, on yep. with your? Uh, That's fine with me. <laughs> it's it's really loud. The headphones are loud. Yeah, mm -hmm. excellent. All anyway, right. so go uh, ahead. Uh, well, um, I'll be the first, I guess, to mention a song I always like called "Whatever Happened to." Mm -hmm. Is that is that the song or one of the songs that they were thinking of maybe using for the play "Ballad of John and Yoko"? Yes, I think so. That's yeah, one. right. That was one. I mean, I mean, you know, I, there's not too much I can find to say about each track. You know, uh, I mean, uh, the, it's a guitar-driven track. You know, I like the energy of the guitar on it. I like the way John does this thing where he descends his voice down. Uh, don't I don't recall the lyrics, the lyrics all offhand, but. You know, keeps herself in the dark. <laughs> you know, he goes down. <laughs> I love that bit. And then whatever happened to the woman we once knew when it goes up again. Uh, I think that's a 19, I think that's a 1980 track or a later track. No. 79? Oh, yeah, okay. All right. So, yeah, uh, that's the first one that I put. Uh, well, I'm, I got a bunch. I'm trying to think where to go. A little variety <laughs> here. Uh, then I'll put Life Begins at 40, which I've always enjoyed. Kind of a country-esque flavor, I would say. A little twangy sound. Uh, and I think it has that, I call it a beatbox, something he's playing along to. And the story is that I think that was one of the tracks that he had intended to maybe give to Ringo. Life begins at forty, and if that's the case, yes, uh, I I could actually hear Ringo singing that. You know, it's it, it's in his wheelhouse. It's got the kind of country feeling. It seems it's in his vocal range. Um, and you know, earlier I think Kit was talking about John and, and uh, about his age. You know, uh, like borrowed time, and and thinking about his his age and advancing years. It seems a lot of these, few anyway. <laughs> John is like accepting of beginning older and the way he's writing these songs. Like Life Begins at 40 is another one. Uh, and then there's another song. I'll, I'll jump to the third one called One of the Boys, mm -hmm. which is another one I liked. And that, that sounds like it's kind of an acceptance of uh, John getting older. And this one I'm thinking was 70s, uh, maybe late maybe late 77. Uh, I think a source that I had, is this the one? where I think they'd gotten back from Japan in 77, and he wrote this I, I, from the source I saw, you know. Um, I have some of the lyrics here. <laughs> I mean, uh, just the way you see, well, he's no longer Le Garçon Fatal. He's just one of the boys. You know, they say that he's aged very well. Still, he's just one of the boys, and so on. And uh, I just hear this kind of thing about age in some of these songs. Uh, that I'm noticing uh, he seems to, uh, to be happy, you know, in borrow time when he says everything's clear, uh, good to be older and all this kind of stuff. I really believe that, that for him, it, you know, it, it really was a, more of a relaxation, a growing up, a maturing, being, you know, a father to Sean, trying to be a better father to Julian and seeing more of him and establishing a better relationship with him. And, uh, yeah, you know, doing some stuff around the house. I don't think when he said baking bread, 
So a lot of people say, oh, he wasn't just baking bread. Well, I don't think he was baking bread 24 seven. Right. <laughs> 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 you know, but it's funny that people have confirmed that. Like Ringo said he was baking bread. George said he was baking bread when I went over there, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, there is some truth to that. But one of the boys, yeah, that's another track that, that I like. Uh, what did I give? Is that three so far? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Two more, I'm buddy. I'm going to go. I'm gonna go with the. Hmm, there's one I'm afraid to talk about. <laughs> I'll go Uh-oh. with something else. I know where. <laughs> I talk... know which song that is. You know what? I'll <laughs> oh, just, you know, yeah. You want to talk about it, anybody else? Uh, I'll 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 go to, to uh, an evolution kind of thing. We we talk about evolution of a song, and not many people talk about this much. And I don't remember all the lyrics. There's a song called JJ, which eventually changed to the title people mm. and it has the tune of the song that would be angela right and the song angela was really started as jj and later mm-hmm. on it was people da, 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 da. it's the same lyric uh not lyrics uh melody and it became angela um and i don't remember much about it I haven't heard it in a long time but when i was trying to think a little bit more about songs that we, he had changed I came into to, to that one and my, it popped up and I thought, yeah, yeah, that's one that I remember liking to hear the, the so-called evolution of, you know? So JJ slash people mm. slash Angela. And I think the one, two, three, I forgot one more. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for the happy Rishikesh song. Well, oh. or, otherwise the Rishikesh song. Boy, when I first heard that, that I love that. That's just a fun good time that he's having i think uh not much i could say about it you know a nice cool strum that he's doing on the guitar uh, it's a fun track talking again about rishikesh and so forth and the mantra uh the magic's in the mantra i think he said we'll give you all the answers swallow this that's all you got to do <laughs> whatever i <laughs> Every, I remember everything you need. I don't want to sing everything you need is here. <laughs> oh God, it's great. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so there's a there are a bunch it's similar. It's similar to Blow Away. Mm. Ah, oh, interesting. That's right. All I got. Well, yeah. I, all you got. All I got to do is. Oh yeah, it's true. So a lot of these for you then, Joe, where you discovered. By, from listening to uh, the Lost London tapes, then. Oh yeah, all of these. The first time mm. I'd heard them, sure. That's yeah. the first time I heard them. Uh, mm. You know, I have others too, but well, I mean, those will be extras in case we need more. Right. Okay. You know? Very good. Anybody want to comment on any of those tracks? Um. Yeah, I wanted to comment about India, India, because we're talking about mm. uh, evolution of songs. Mm. Um, John wrote a song called Tennessee which was really about the playwright Tennessee Williams, a lot of references to him in there. The exact same melody he took from Tennessee, he turned it into a song called Memories. And then Memories became India, India. Yeah, there's like a splice in the original one that I I heard. Tennessee and Memories, I think. we have no idea when John would take an idea from the past and right. rework it in, in any which way he wanted to. But um, yeah, if you listen to all those recordings, you're going to hear the same melody repeated there. So 
I also wanted to say, yeah, we I'll be talking sure about one of those uh, one of those tunes uh, very soon. This book, yes. Eight Arms to Hold You, that we have praised many times here on this show. It's got everything in here from the solo Beatles, from the beginning of the solo careers up through, right. what was it, 2000? Like, yeah, 2000. 2000, yeah. And um, so it's got all of John's unreleased stuff, everything that was heard on the Lost London tapes and more. And so if you want to know the years when these songs are recorded, how often the songs were worked on, you know, all the changes, what albums, what bootlegs they're on. <laughs> it's all here in this book. It's pretty phenomenal. So it's very difficult to keep track of it all because there's yeah. so many songs that he did many different takes of the same mm -hmm. song. He kept changing the song. Right. So, um, yeah, but this is a great source. It's probably the best one that's out right. there. Eight Arms to Hold You. <laughs> And well, well, this one, yeah. Well, it, Lenonology is is good as well. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, this goes through all those those songs. Um, also, since, you know, I know a lot of people out there like reading, uh, you know, from a PDF file. Uh, um, if you this is this book is still available, which in this book as well. So, Chip Manninger, we we owe a lot to to Chip. Yes, <laughs> we know. do. Yep, we, we really do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ken, are you ready? Ken, yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> say necessarily these are in any order, but these are among my favorites. Um, like you, Joe, I happen to love whatever happened to. I love the rhythm guitar playing uh, and all these different sections that John bridges together in this song. And it's just, um, it's got a lot of great hooks in it. And these are songs that I can imagine him bringing back later on. Um, mm. You know, this, there's certain songs that feel finished, certain songs that are not, but you can see the potential if he worked on them a little bit more. To me, whatever happened to sounds like a finished song. And, um, you know, I, 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 you know, kind of wish that he lived to, to revisit it and do something uh, with it. Yeah. Um, and by the way, all the songs that we're talking about here, if you've never heard them before, you can find them on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Plenty of bootlegs out there and many of them are on YouTube. Um, there's a song called Sally and Billy, which has always <laughs> stuck in my head. It dates all the way back to 1970. It's John at the piano. And very often the thing that sticks out for me are melodies. And, and if after a couple of listens, the melody's there and I can't get it out of my head, I consider that a good song. And yes. John never lost his gift for coming up with incredible melodies. Sally, Sally and Billy is like that. Um, very commercial to me, something I wish that he had had done. And, you know, that's the frustrating thing about this, obviously realizing what happened to John, but, you know, these are just leftover songs that he didn't get a chance to um, do anything more with. But Sally and Billy, definitely check out. I do like Now and Then a lot. It is mm -hmm. extremely haunting. Yeah. And there is something, and you said this about Real Love, and sometimes demos can be so intimate sounding that that's uh -huh. what really attracts you to it there's nothing like the sound of a person with a guitar and nothing else or a person at a piano and nothing else and the ambiance in the room and sometimes a little bit of echo or something like that and it adds a bit of a touch 
So it kind of has a life all of its own as a demo. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can certainly hear the Beatles working on this song, but like I said, I still don't know why they didn't work on Grow With Me. No one's mm -hmm. ever answered that question. Yeah. Um, but now and then it's got a great melody to it, you know, and I love the the middle part. I don't want to lose your love. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. That part. Great melody there. Um, there's another tune called Mirror Mirror on the Wall that was mm -hmm. also rumored to be for the Ballad of John and Yoko musical. And that's another haunting song, Paul, uh, Paul John on the piano uh, singing it. And um, another thing is not only are there times when John will take part of a song and use it in another song, in the case of Mirror Mirror, the opening lines are, sometimes I look in the mirror, there's nobody there. Nah. Yeah, I used that. So what did he do <laughs> at the end of I Don't Want to Face It as an ad lib at the end of the song? Right. Look in the mirror. I don't see anybody there. Yeah. <laughs> so, in some way, he used part of that song uh, from uh, from Mirror Mirror. There's a song that also dates back to 1970 called uh, You Know How Hard It Is. Hmm. And it's a really good rock song. It does kind of remind me in some ways of I Don't Want to Face It. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's got great hooks in it. It's another one I wish that you know he had uh, he had worked on more. Um, like you, Joe, I like the song "One of the Boys," and um, you know I love the evolution of some of these songs, which I hope we get to talk to because there's a lot more besides these songs. Mm -hmm. But of the unreleased songs, you know, I would say these are probably my favorites. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, I agree with you on, uh, and I'll just mention this one now since it's my turn, but uh, Sally and Billy was just a fun, mm. fun song and glad I discovered it. And I love, it's a great relationship kind of song, almost mm. kind of like fun. I, I mean, you might not agree with this, but kind of fun as an obla di obla da in a way. Uh, it's it's a different song, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's uh, you know, I enjoyed that his, he's a great storyteller. Um, and I just loved uh, a lot of a lot of aspects of that song. Um, there's a uh, an acoustic track called "I Ain't Got Time," which is just a great, you know, laid back acoustic bit um, that he does. And he's just singing, "I you know I ain't got time" throughout the whole thing. So I, that's the, one of the tracks where I wish he would have had, you know, more time to uh, to play around with and and to see what uh, uh, he could have done with it and how how it would have uh, finished. Um, and that was from seven, as early as 71, I believe. Uh, one from 76 is a track called, uh, I, I've seen it uh, labeled two different ways. One is uh, She's a Friend of Dorothy or She Is a Friend of Dorothy, which um, I fell in love with this song right away. It's another one I love. Um, I love how he, you know, when he's singing, uh, she's a friend of Dorothy. I love his high falsetto uh, yeah. while he's doing that. I, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, and it's a great, you know, piano demo. It would have been interesting to see how he would have, you know, brought that to life on a, on a, on a, on a regular LP. Um, a track called uh, Solitude, which uh, is another really good piano demo. And this uh, song morphed into I'm Losing You, uh, from my understanding. Uh, he does use the line uh, here in some stranger's room uh, in both. So I would imagine if it started off as Solitude, then he took that line. And in some, the, the, some of the ways that he sings the song Solitude, 
uh, he he sings the you know lines the same way in I'm losing you. So that's another track that I found very interesting. Well, he does have um, he does have a song called Strangers Room. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll have to look for that then. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ken, did you? I think you mentioned memories, or someone yep. mentioned memories. Yeah. Um, another one, fantastic. Uh, the, I love the opening verse or, or chorus. Uh, memories, oh memories, release me from your spell. Today is all I need to know. Do you have to haunt me when I thought I let you go? I just, you know, I thought that was so Lennon uh, right there. So uh, good stuff from John. Again, another just piano demo. Uh, Would have been cool to see what he did with that. And then, you know, Sally, uh, you know, Sally and Billy. So, yeah, I mean, th- those are my five. And uh, again, I'm going to I'm going to really deep um, dive deep into more of these tracks um we can talk about you know morphing into the songs uh that's the way uh the world is kid i think you mentioned that um no, or I someone I mentioned that or i don't remember someone mentioned that but uh yeah. but i mean that's the one that morphed into real love so it that's another yeah. incarnation of real life or real love however you want to there, there's a song called Call My Name that I always liked mm, that eventually right. it became I I assume it's then, which is one mm-hmm. of my favorite ones. You right. know, it's yeah. Again, there's not much to say about it. I'm not gonna <laughs> sing it. Right. But it has the same melody and it's you know, mm-hmm. call my name. And I think right. there's a version where it's interesting. Uh, like he reverses it, like I forget which like the actual release song, I assume it's then it's like, you know, uh like I'm sorry, you know what it means, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. He apologizes, but then there's another one. Call my name or something if you need me. It when you're down and out, call me. And it kind of right. like it reversed. In some of them, it's like I'll ease your pain. He's saying. Then later on, it was a matter of he needs when well, he's down. Like, mm-hmm. like the, I, the actual release version I see Missin is like you know when I'm down, it starts. Hmm. He starts by saying, but but the call my name version is like you know when you're down call my name and it's like he's reaching out to, i'll help you and then i see him saying he's asking he needs help kind of right it's, it's hmm. the same melody but he's reversing the meaning okay very good you can you talked about you know songs morphing into other songs i mean what are some of the examples that you wanted to you want to mention uh there's a song called emotional wreck um and also another one called i'm crazy that turned into watching the wheels and there's a there's a whole uh, session goes on for at least half an hour of him just working on this song, and you know it's going to be watching the wheels. Just, yeah, um, you know it's it's, it's, it's funny though. Can you, if I interrupt it, 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 it you know these, like when you said that, I thought of it as "Don't Be Crazy." So the thing is, I think a lot of times some of these songs, depending on the source, right. has a different title. Like "Solitude" might have mm-hmm. been called something "Strangers Room" or something else. Right depending what mm-hmm. source, like the Lennon tapes or according mm-hmm. to the book, they might have had a different title. But anyway, it's not always a clear-cut title, I don't think. Right. Good point. Yeah. And good I oh, we know from the reel-to-reel tapes what John wrote on them. Did he actually put the titles on for mm-hmm. every thing? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when, um, when we first started airing the Lost Lennon tapes, they played what became the acoustic version of Real Love the one that you love so much, Kit. Yeah. And it was called Girls and Boys. And that's what it says yes. on the yeah. initially. Yep. The same recording, you know, that, that we know as real love. Right. So, yeah. 
But um, you mentioned don't be crazy. That's the part of starting over where John sings, why don't we take off alone? Mm. You know, and there's a part, the very beginning of starting over is a song called My Life. Yes, That's what yeah. I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah that, yes. And that morphs into, it became yes. starting over, over the early days of starting over. Right. Yeah, Joe, real quick, Joe, just so you yeah, I mean, in this book here, because I was looking up for information for solitude because that's how I saw it um, uh, mm -hmm. labeled. Okay. When you said Stranger's Room, I went right into the Eight Arms to Hold You book, and that's how that's where it's that's how it's labeled as Stranger's Room. So, so thank you for that. And it's just fascinating when you hear my wife or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't crazy. I mean, it's just amazing how when you hear that, and then you get to just like starting over. I mean, they're really different. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, the lyrics, you know, parts of the lyrics sound similar, but I mean, in terms of the, I mean, my life is, you know, this slow, you know, ballad. And then you hear, of course, just like starting over is, you know, this up-tempo, almost 50s thing. I mean, it's, you know, it's just fascinating to hear the evolution and how the demo can sound completely different uh, from yeah. the final version. Fascinating. With my life, the chord progressions are very much the same mm -hmm. part of it. Mm. So yep. You could see John had to make adjustments, but you know, it's just like anything. Some of the songs that John talked about came to him completely, and some of them he had to piece together parts of other songs. So. Rem remember, uh, even uh, Make Love Not War, right? Which uh, mm -hmm. I love that little bit. He stuck that at the end. Mind games, make love, not war. I know you've heard it before, and that's mm -hmm. all he had. That's really all he had at the time. It became mind games later, and then he stuck. Well, well, he had mind games is really different, isn't it? And mind games is something else, and he stuck yep. make love, not war in the end, really. Yeah. Mm. The melody's kind of the same. They like to mm -hmm. refer to those sections of the songs as prototypes, even mm -hmm. though it was just a part of what eventually became the full song. And mm. With mind games, there was make love not war and um, I promise. I promise, yeah. <laughs> I think both of those are on the John Lennon anthology box set. So, yeah. Um, also, I I just um, I was listening to the remix of Mind Games CD, and as a bonus track, they have a home demo of Meat City, mm. and oh, in yeah. the demo. You could actually hear while he's playing guitar, he's doing na 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 na. It's the same thing he sang at the end of Stealing Glass. Stealing Glass. Wow. I love that. I love that part of Stealing Glass. I love the, I love all of Stealing Glass. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know what he's gonna take from previous songs and put them in later songs. Yeah. And that's part of the songwriting process with John. Right. Cool. Very good. All right. Who's got some uh, other little honorable mentions they want to mention? Kit, do you have a couple? Uh, I have. Well, some of them I've mentioned uh, already, as usual. Joe and I are, are on the same page. Uh, whatever happened to um, and one of the boys. I have those two. Yeah. But I have uh, whatever happened to is just some great uh, guitar work from John. I love that. You could uh, almost release that as a new song. If you really, could. If they, if they could work on that, really. It's, pre it's pretty lengthy, too. It is. You know. Exactly. Hmm. And uh, and we had a question um, uh, from Mark in the comments that, you know, there's that line in it, whatever happened to, 
like that we once knew and and there was a question you know did that have yeah. anything to do with it i read somewhere that did not have anything to do with that that line from free as a bird oh, yeah. yeah i mean you would think i mean you know because yeah when you hear that you're like wait a minute that sounds familiar uh but uh but no i read that nothing nothing to do with it um but the yeah, really. Uh, but the interesting, uh, the one that has not been mentioned is uh, Help Me to Help Myself. I thought yeah. that was a and that beautiful was song. As a, a one of the, I think, an extra the bonus, bonus on a double fantasy. Double yes. Fantasy. Yeah, that was yeah. eventually released. And uh, yeah, I mean, another, wow, talk about a haunting. And he's uh, singing about God. I just want to say he's singing about God in there, I think. Yeah, God, which is know, fascinating. God. So, you know, that's the thing that, you know, I don't want really to get. I don't want to go down that road. But, right. You know, people. Oh, John didn't believe. John didn't believe. He's always searching. You know, always searching. Exactly. He mentioned, right. he, he mentioned God on the RKO interview the last mm -hmm. uh, day of his life. But anyway, yeah. among those lines, um, is dear John, which nobody mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. Dear John, don't be hard on yourself. Give yourself a break. Uh, life wasn't meant to be run. The race is over. You've won. Hmm. It's kind of like another. Wow contentment kind of song you know he's kind of like gotten where he wants to be mm -hmm. i get the feeling out of that and he's kind of like you know take it easy like hold on john kind of feel right. of that song mm -hmm. you yeah. know and uh there is one song that i was hinting at before that we okay. haven't really mentioned yet and that serve yourself there you oh, go yeah. That's, i was just gonna say that was one Can of my honorable mentions little, yeah go for it there's yeah. a severely profane one you know really really uh r-rated or, or worse one um and then there's one that's a, not as bad at all not, not as profane really it's, it's a lot more laid back the but the first one. time i heard the first one it was just insane it's insane and him going crazy and he's really doing a, a kind of a shot at dylan because dylan had a, yeah. the song at the time got to serve somebody and he was kind of right. like you know, serve yourself, you know, let's serve anybody right. else. So that's what I mean. Why I was that's kind of why I mentioned the God thing before, you know, I'm mm. like, you know, he's back and forth, John, with that, right? Changing <laughs> his mind. Like we say, it's yeah. kind of a parody of got to serve somebody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. 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 The, there's a version of serve, serve yourself, which is on the John Lennon anthology box set. That's the more tame mm. one. I was going to say, that was not profane. Yeah, you can't put the other one out. You shouldn't put the other one out. Right. John, yeah, um, so, yeah. yeah, so if you don't have this, people, find it. Mm -hmm. A lot right. of great stuff on there. Yeah. But I the one that you're a, to, you'd be surprised at what came what came out of John's mouth. JL yep. Draw says here, which is interesting, he says the profane version, the really strong one, is from the Bermuda tapes where John is trying to crack Yoko up who came down briefly to the Fairylands. Hmm. So okay. that's what he says about that one. It could be. Right. Ken, any for you? Oh, there's just so many that I do like yeah. here. Um, Howling at the Moon. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. I forgot I about that one. Sneak on, on my radio show when it's around Halloween time. Again, these are very short songs that you wish that John worked on more. Very catchy, you know. He always had that gift for for great hooks, just like just like Paul does and and George, mm -hmm. um, and Ringo. Don't want to leave him out. <laughs> um, there's a song "Baby Make Love to You," which I'm not totally crazy about, but when I hear it, 
there's a little bit of real love in there that I sense. Um, yeah, I hey, nobody's mentioned free as a bird, I don't think. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't want to mention. <laughs> I love what I really love what was done with it with with the limitations that they had at the time. Mm. Uh, I love the production on it. You know, George. My story of that one is I always I always remember like hearing that one and, and, and you know the John's demo of it, and to me it was such a dirge, you know. And I remember when they said one of the songs, the demos that they were going to work on was a song John did called "Free as a Bird," and I remember saying before we ever heard it, the finished version, thinking, "Oh, I hope it's not that that really like dirty piano one that there was how, how are they going to do anything with that they, they, they managed to do something with it but um you know i like i like real love better as a okay beatles new song yeah i love both but you know you mentioned okay. that's the way the world is yeah and um you do hear part of real what became real love in there and then mm -hmm. towards the end there's just this one line that John repeats, if it don't feel right. Mm. <laughs> and then eventually you use them stepping out, just those few words. So again, you have no idea yeah. where he's gonna pull stuff from, but yep. um, Mr. Hyde's Gone is kind of nice. Uh, you know, that's the one I didn't get a chance to listen to. I'm really curious I about that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I came across that title, but yeah, I haven't. Yeah, heard I, it I, yeah the title, it, I can't think of what it, what it is, unless it's, unless it's something else but uh, that I know, but it was a different title. I, I, know, hmm. I don't recall it by the title, you know, but. I, we should mention that there's a song that none of us have ever heard called Street of Dreams. Hmm. Oh, and yeah, you've talked about that. This is the song that Jack Douglas has talked about because he said that he wrote this song with John. Um, there was one night that they went out and had a late breakfast and then in a limo they drove by Carnegie Hall and Jack pointed out this is this is what they call the street of dreams. This is mm. where all the great stars end up. And so John took apparently this is according to Jack Douglas. He took some verses that he had written from his Beatle days. And he needed to finish the song and the two of them wrote the song together and jack says they made a recording of it on cassette and we've yet to hear it yeah that's right yeah that's right you've mentioned that before and mm -hmm. and yeah jack yeah jack douglas hasn't uh hasn't released it interesting i hope he has it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's been recorded then it's just they wrote it together and demoed it maybe we don't know he said that they recorded something on cassette for it. Okay. So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode. Maybe we can do something again like this in the future. Uh, Kit, uh, let's want you. Oh, go ahead, Ken. Go ahead. A couple of things. First yeah. of all, yeah. Um, go ahead. And with gratitude to our, our good friend, John Bazzini, a couple of years ago, he alerted me to this group from Spain called Los Escarabajos. Hmm, and yes. Escarabajos actually means beetles, the insect in Spanish. And this is a Beatles tribute group. And they actually made a CD, which is called Lenin File, the album that John could never record. And mm -hmm. it came out in 2001. It's got 12 of these very songs that we were talking about. 
And um, it's supposed to be available, I believe, from their website. In addition to that, there's a woman from New Jersey named Pamela Davis, and she has recorded a lot of these songs, and she's released a CD of these unreleased John Lennon songs and many videos she's posted on YouTube, including Whatever Happened To, She Did India, India, Gone From This Place, uh, My Life. So if you want to check those out, you can definitely hear and watch her do these songs. Pamela Davis is her name. Right. And, and this band from Spain, Los Escarabajos. Maybe okay. I'll give you the links, uh, Kit, that you can mm -hmm. put in the box. Yep. Sure. Check that out. Sure. Mm. No okay, problem. excellent. Thank you, Ken. Mm. Um, Kit, why don't you just go ahead and start how people can find us and, and get a hold of us. All right. Well, before I start that, we had a very nice comment uh, here that says uh, that really uh, uh, from Paul Perigo saying he really enjoyed this discussion and he's going to go look up these songs and, and revisit Great. them. So but that's Great. that's what we do this for. So <laughs> really, really glad you enjoyed it. And uh, and Mark uh, Zutkoff, who I, I know very well, he asked about the band you just mentioned, Ken. He said, are they cousins to Los Paranoias? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to read that. <laughs> you can only make jokes like that on this show, yeah, you know. Yeah, right. where, where you, you know, you're among mm. friends here. Yes. <laughs> where we'll get it. Mm. Um, so, um, so you can find us. Uh, you know, we love hearing from you. Uh, you can email us at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. Um, we love hearing your feedback, and if you have any ideas for uh, topics you'd like us uh, to uh, to address, please let us know. We uh, we love hearing from you. You can, of course, find us right here on this channel on YouTube, and please subscribe if you haven't done so already. And you can uh, smash that bell, uh, <laughs> as kids say, um, if you want to be notified of uh, new episodes. And of course, as the kids say, you can smash that like button too. Uh, that that helps us in the rankings. So uh, so please uh, please do that if you haven't done so already. You can also find us on Facebook and be notified of new episodes that way. And we're always posting stuff there. Um, if you prefer listening to these episodes, you can find us on virtually any um, streaming platform you can think of, uh, any podcasting platform. You can find us on Twitter at uh, TalkMoreTalk1, the number one. And you can also hear us on Fab4 Radio. Thanks to Beetle Ed. Thank you as always for you. your support. So yes. that's, uh, I think that's everywhere. Oh, and you can find us on our website at TalkMoreTalk.com. Excellent. Very good. Thank you, uh, Queen. Uh, Joe, why don't you just go ahead and start us off and let us know what you're doing and uh, what you got coming up. My YouTube channel is Mean Mr. Mayo. I have another channel called uh, Mayo After Dark that's basically movie related, but uh, it's also the dark side of Mayo. So on that note, I've taken those uh, aforementioned rants videos that I do and I've moved them from Mean Mr. Mayo over to Mayo After Dark. So if you want the rant videos, go over there. But on my regular channel, Mean Mr. Mayo, it's mostly you know music and Beatles related. Uh, and I have a bunch of stuff up there that I've just did, but mainly now I'm concentrating on vinyl videos to 
basically purging myself from vinyl. It's not very Beatle related, but not all vinyl. Beatles and solo, I'm still gung ho about. I just want to. I'm going back to CDs. I think for listening, for listening to a lot of like non-Beatle stuff. So that's mainly mm-hmm. what I've been up to over there. And I got some things planned for the future, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you that as I go along. I'll give you the news on my channel. Okay, excellent. Let's switch it up here. Let's go Ken next. Okay, on my website, kenmichaelsradio.com, where you'll find Beatles trivia every single week. Boy, there's a bonanza on my trivia <laughs> channel there when it comes to Beatle books. No, still giving away. Ah, yes. Great ah, book, yeah. Legacy with Alan Cozen and Adrian Sinclair as the authors. We're hoping to have the two of them on our show. Yes. They were on Things We Said Today. They were on uh, two legs, so hopefully they'll be joining us very soon. Yes, they will. And um, I just interviewed Chris Engelhart, mm-hmm. who has put out this book. You know, he was on our show as well. And Chris now Engelhart. I have copies of this book to give away, Beatles Fully Uncovered. This is where you can explore all the many side projects of the Beatles, songs they produced, played on, or wrote for other mm-hmm. artists. And it's pretty much up to date except for whatever has happened in the last month or two. <laughs> but this is the one, Beatles Fully Uncovered, Chris Engelhart. It's, uh, it's a whole other world to explore. Also, the book, Top of the Mountain, The Beatles at Shea Stadium, 1965. And um, yeah, so we got that. Uh, Jay Bergen's book, Lennon the Mobster and the Lawyer. Um, on my YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio, I just said I, I interviewed Chris Engelhart a second a second time. We talk about more Beatles uh, side projects, including a song that John Lennon wrote with Johnny Gentle, hmm. the guy that the Beatles backed up for their tour of Scotland in 1960. Hmm. Also, I interviewed Ken McNabb recently. He wrote the book And in the End uh, a few years ago, dealing with 1969 in detail month by month and he has a brand new book out called you started it which is all about rock and roll feuds uh we talk about lennon and mccartney and their feud and i'll have a very special panel discussion coming this week on paul mccartney and his solo career and that'll Mm -hmm. be probably wednesday night going up things we said today my other podcast show um we just did a show on songs the beatles gave away (laughs) to what Chris Engelhart does and it's strictly songwriting in particular and we all mentioned favorites of our own and we are hoping next week to interview Gary Burr who of course is a member of Ringo's Roundheads and still continues to work with Ringo and he's an amazing talent a great songwriter he's written a lot of hits especially in the country field and uh, one more thing my radio show every little thing which is on about 50 radio stations right now. If you ever want to listen to it, there's only one place on demand where you can hear it. And that's at WFDU's website. That's Fairleigh Dickinson University's station. They air the show Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Shortly after that, they post the show on their website and they let it run for two weeks. So they actually have two of my shows, the last two shows that aired. Each one is up there for two weeks apiece. Go to WFDU.FM and click on archival shows and type in every little thing. And you can hear my show whenever you want. All right. Okay. Excellent. Thank you very much, Ken. Queen? 
All next. right. Just have a couple of things. Uh, first of all, if you are listening to or watching this uh, before this date, uh, January 12th, I start my next course, Roots of Rock and Roll Part 3, and this one is um, musical influences on the Beatles. I'm so excited to be teaching this. This is my first sort of official Beatles course uh, that uh, that I'm teaching. So, uh, so it starts this uh, Thursday, January 12th, meets for the next three Thursdays. I think you'll really enjoy it. It involves presentations, small group discussions, and uh, and of course, lots of music. So obviously, time is running short to uh, to enroll in the course. So uh, I will be posting a link on uh, Talk More Talk uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, might even uh, probably I'll put it in the um, also in the description uh, of this video uh, just for a few days. Um, and uh, you can get right to it from there. And uh, so I hope to see you in the class. And also um, the newest uh, episode of the other monthly podcasts I co-host with our good friends Ed Chen and Martin Quibble, Toppermost of the Poppermost. It is hot off the press, just came out, um, and it's covering December 1962 on the British and UK charts. We had a blast recording this. We had mm. so much fun talking about um, the Beatles singles that were on the charts, but also the other songs that were on the charts. Not all of them, but, uh, but songs and artists that have some connection to the Beatles, whether they you know, played with them on tour, whether they were, you know, influential artists in some way. And uh, we are just having a blast with this show. So I will post a link to the, the new episode on our uh, Facebook page, Talk More Talk Facebook page. And so uh, so give us a listen uh, and uh, let us know what you think. And uh, I think if you're, you know, fan of 60s music, in addition to the Beatles, you will really enjoy this show. So, uh, so Thanks for listening. Hey, Kit, uh, when, you, when you get to December 1963, will there be a Four Seasons song on the charts? That <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> you know, with how busy we are, it's surprised we all have time to do this show. I know. know. <laughs> never sleep. That's the, yes, that's the answer. Sleep. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, for, for two legs, I'll just run down the last couple uh, weeks of what we did. Um, obviously, four weeks ago, we were lucky enough to have Alan Cozen and Adrian Sinclair on to talk about the McCartney Legacy book, which was a lot of fun. Uh, the week after that, we had uh, Luca Parazzi, who uh, came on and talked about the, the work he did on the seven inch uh, singles box sets and uh, his new books that are coming, or new book, I should say, that's coming out later this month. Uh, last week, we uh, continued, we had part four of our best friend uh, featuring Anthony Rattuno from the Glass Onion uh, show, and we covered uh, the years 1977 to 1982, and what that is, is a look at the John and Paul relationship through, through press, through interviews, and through songs, and uh, we had a lot of fun uh, with that. And then uh, this past Saturday, we started something new where we took an interview uh, and, and just, you know, we kind of talked about it uh, and then we played the interview. And this interview was from uh, 1983, you know, December of 83. And it's, uh, Paul McCartney talking about each song uh, for the uh, Pipes of Peace um, uh, album. And this was on BBC uh, interview and a lot of great insight. And I love the interviews that he does 
you know, at the moment, you know, because all the songs are still fresh in his mind. And it's really, really good. And I loved how he talked about each song. Tom, uh, did, he say where, did he say where the inspiration for yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> <That's exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You'll have to listen to that interview to find out. Um, <laughs> our um, future shows will be reviewing the McCartney Legacy book, and we'll also be reviewing the seven-inch singles of box sets. Uh, and that's that's coming up in the next couple weeks. And uh, there's going to be another show that I'm really looking forward to doing with uh, the Queen, and that's going to be uh, regarding uh, the missing '80s single. So uh, that's going to be a, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. What's that? Get that other one started that you were talking. Yeah, about. I know. Well, yeah. Well, there's another <laughs> show that. Well, yeah. I, and again, in the department where of you know where do we find the time? Um, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to Two Legs is also going to be involved in a monthly show uh, with with Joe Mayo and uh, Beadley Tone. Uh, and I'll talk about more about that later when when we get that off the ground. Pun intended. So it's going to say, so to speak. There you go. So this was a it. wonderful show. <laughs> yes, it's a wonderful show. I, I learned so much and, and Ken, great idea. Uh, for this yes. uh, for this uh, this week's uh, installment uh, of Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. So for the kid O'Toole, Ken Michaels, Joe Mayo, I'm Tom Hunyadi saying you never know which way a day is going to take you. Take care. What? What?